to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I'm 11 verse 3. Are we ready? Okay, you can read it out loud. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Psalm 11 verse 3. No, I said you. I didn't say we. So you can read it out loud. One to go. Read it again. Okay. So it says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? That scripture has been something very profound for me. Because one of the things that's very important is the aspect of foundations. Foundations are very, very, very important. Praise God. And then even our faith has got foundations. Our foundation being Christ. Now, there are certain doctrines and topics that are what we call the foundational doctrines, the foundational topics. And if you've done our foundation class, we do teach most of them, if not all. I think we teach all. All of them are contained in our foundation class. But I would like us to delve deeper into one of them. So I want us to look at Hebrews chapter number 6. And we're going to read from verse 1. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Praise God. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Let's just have it. Now, I would like it from the King James Version, please. Hebrews 6, verse 1 from the King James Version. Let's read it. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Then it says, not laying again the foundation. So notice, um, you know, there's a tendency sometimes when you read such scriptures, to then say, okay, let me not focus on that stuff. That stuff's for babies. And yet, the interesting thing is that we're being told that these things which are mentioned are the foundation. And when you read Psalm 11 verse 3, even the righteous have challenges when foundations are destroyed. Because when it's all said and done, the strength of your foundation really matters. So it says, not laying again the foundation. I hope you now know why it's called foundation class. So welcome to foundation class. <laughs> now, it gives us a few of them. Uh, for context, let's read all of them. Number one, 
The first one given is repentance from dead works. Now, this means that as a Christian, there is a certain kind of life you should live. And it means that as a believer, if there are certain things to determine not to stop doing, which the Bible calls dead works, then we can question whether you're actually born again or not. That didn't get an amen. amen. Let me put it like this. It says, if the foundations are destroyed, what shall the righteous do? A believer can look wicked if their foundations are not in order. As in, there can be no difference talking to an unbeliever and a believer because they all do the same stuff. That's why that one is always listed as the first, repentance from dead works. There are some works that should stop simply because somebody is a believer. Praise God. And we, we do teach that. And that is why if a person is having a challenge, they should take it seriously. They should take it seriously. The reason why we teach the way we do is not to bring anyone into condemnation. Uh, consider the recent um, pandemics and the like. They were overemphasized such that if somebody even feels a small scratch on their throat, what's the first thing they'll do? <laughs> they'll try and have a checkup. I've not mentioned which pandemic that is. But what I'm trying to say is it's an area that has to be dealt with. Now, repentance is in different dimensions. At the very base, it's from dead works. For example, as you graduate, their thoughts, as you graduate, it becomes less about sin. It becomes more about being right, like being right with God, not just being neutral, but you know, doing the things the right way, doing things the way God wants you to do it. But at the very base is repentance from dead works. For example, if you read in the scriptures, it says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him find something to do with his hands. Then it says, put away lying. That's in Ephesians 4. If you read from verse 20 going down, when it says we put off the old man and put on Christ. So that's one of them. The second one is faith toward God. Faith towards God. For the first one, repentance from dead works, says a teaching I did. I wrote it down. It's called dealing with bad habits. Every time I read it, even I get blessed. Don't take it lightly. If you're having any challenge, go back and read it. And just every now and then read it. It's beautiful. It's got, I think it's, we've got like nine steps or something like that. If you'd like, if you, if you don't have it, uh, you can see NSCM. I think they have it. Now it says, if you don't know what NSCM is, go do orientation. So it says, repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Faith toward God. Today, I want us to look at that. Faith toward God. Faith toward God. Somebody say glory. glory. Somebody say faith toward, God. faith toward God. Now, I want us to, want us to really, really, really think about this. Faith toward God. Now, we've taught... We've, we've understood by revelation, we've understood when we've studied the scriptures that there is um, levels of faith. We've seen in the scriptures no faith. We've seen in the scriptures little faith. We've seen in the scriptures um, great faith. We've seen in the scriptures strong faith. We can talk about dimensions, we can talk about levels, we can talk about all those things. But in this context, the words there are very deliberate. It's very deliberate that that topic is called faith toward God. And if you are to read the writings of Hebrews, you know that it was quite deliberate in language. By that I mean there are certain writings which this could mean this or this could mean this. But there was a certain deliberateness about it. Let me, let me prove to you that there was certain deliberate, even about the words. So it says, repentance from dead works, right? 
faith towards God. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. The doctrine of baptisms. Have you noticed it doesn't say baptism? It says baptisms. So that shows you that in the foundational teachings, we find baptisms, not just baptism. That's all part of foundational teachings. Laying of hands, resurrection from the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now there is faith towards God, and I would really like us to focus a bit on this one. Faith towards God. I want us to go to a book from the Bible um, that I can bet you some money that the majority of people have never read in full. As in if there's a book from the Bible that most people have met have never read in full, it's this one. Let's read from the book of Job. <laughs> How many have read the book of Job in full? Raise your hand. Okay. How many chapters are in the book of Job? 42. The day I started reading the book of Job, I was shocked. Because, you know, when I watched the cartoon when I was young, all I saw is everything was going well in Job's life. Then things went bad in Job's life. And then things became good again in Job's life. So I was expecting three or four chapters. So like 42. <laughs> and then like all the, the, the crazy stuff that happens to him. Like by Kuma chapter 2, it's already finished. So between chapter 2 and chapter 42, their conversations is not funny. Now, I want us to understand a few things about Job. Now, it is believed that the book of Job is the oldest in the Bible. It's believed that the book of Job is the oldest in the Bible. And the people of his time seem very, how can I put it, close to, yeah, I'm trying to find words. You know, like here's the beginning, in the beginning God, and then things start going down the line. So the people of his time seem very close to this side the side for in the beginning. <laughs> and I think it's one of the most theologically debated books. And a lot of pastors avoid the book of Job. Reason being, there are certain aspects of it that are very difficult to explain. Now, I have got a very strong theological perspective on certain things that happened. I don't impose it because it's not necessarily an, a topic that can... Sometimes we avoid certain arguments. I've got a very strong theological perspective. One day you should ask me. I'll give you an exegesis. But that's not what we're going to look at. And the reason why sometimes we have to be careful with books like... There are certain books in the Bible that you have to be very careful with. Now, someone will be wondering, Pastor, I tell people to be careful with books in the Bible. I know what I'm talking about. Even Paul's writings, you have to be careful with them. Isn't that what Peter said? He said some people use this like this. You have to be careful with them. I've seen some people bully other Christians using the scriptures. Should I give you an example? Okay. Someone finds another believer. The other believer is not well. And then just the day before that person was from reading in the scriptures that those who dwell in Zion shall not say I'm sick. And so they say, what? You call yourself a Christian? You even, it's different when a person is exhorting another or when a person is encouraging or when a person is ministering to another. But, and let's not even say they found them. The person came to them and said, pray for me because I'm feeling like this. You even call yourself a Christian. Where is your faith? And yet people who came to Jesus and said, my challenge is this, were all, they all, Jesus said they had faith. So meaning asking for prayer is not a sign of no faith. So, in that case, that can be a case of where the Bible says knowledge puffs up. And then when knowledge puffs a person up, rather than using that knowledge to help people, they begin what is called spiritual bullying. Where you bully other people because you know better. 
or because you had a better experience? And then who said because they've had that challenge in their health, they don't have faith? Okay, fine, they have more faith than you. And then the reason why you're okay is just by the mercies of God. So I'm just saying, um, I also noticed a lot of people have a challenge with the book of Ecclesiastes. As a matter of fact, some people call it the most negative book in the Bible. Now, I'm telling you these things because do you know that Satan can use scriptures to try and convince you of something? There was a case when I was at Unza, I think I was in first year, and there's a gentleman who took his own life. Except because he's not the creator of life, we'll never know why he took it. Or where he presented it to. And before he did that, he recorded a video of himself. And in the video, he was drinking alcohol. And then he started reading the book of Ecclesiastes. And by the time he was done, he took his own life. Meaning he never understood it. He never understood it. Job is another such book which, for some people, has become... For others, it has brought hope. For others, it has brought fear. For others, it has brought a source of... Um, they don't like it when people use it to encourage them. Okay? Now, why do I say so? I say so because myself, when I was young, I started fearing becoming wealthy one day. I was thinking, I'll be wealthy, then one day Satan will go before God and say... <laughs> but like I said, maybe you should ask me one of these days, maybe when we do a Bible class or something, I can give you an exegesis of it. Now, Job, let's look at Job. Let's look at something about this. Why would God include this in the scriptures? Job chapter number... Are you guys enjoying this? Job chapter number one. I'll give you the brief background. The reason I'll give it to you and won't just go through everything is because the teacher in me will be, will be tempted to explain. And to explain Job, there are a few things I have to say from Genesis and also from Luke. Especially on why Satan had permission to go before God in heaven. Yeah. And then... It's also important to know the current affairs. No, I'm saying it's very important to know the current affairs. For example, you may wake up and then there's a newspaper which is dated 1972 and then the 1972 newspaper talks about what happened in 1972. Was that the Mulungushi reforms? Was it? That was when uh, the late Dr. Kaunda, I think, gave the Mulungushi reforms in a seven-hour meeting or something. Now, that has had an impact on us now, but then the current affairs is that you might want to know what the current president is also saying. So Satan's current situation is I saw Satan fall like lightning. So I hope you, that you must understand. Now, the sons of God appeared before him, and in the Old Testament, sons of God was the other name that was used to refer to angels of God. Or angelic beings. We know that because in Genesis 6, if you remember, there are sons of God that came on earth, admired women, slept with the women, and produced champions of old. And the race was called what? The Nephilim. Come on, you've read that. That's Genesis 6. Then the flood came and, and, and stuff like that. There were giants, uh, champions of old. Some of the mystical figures you see may have actually existed. Some of them may have actually existed in that period. Now, those are locked up in dungeons. Even those, those angels were locked up in dungeons. Though the ones that fell at the beginning were not locked up, according to the scriptures. Now, Satan, I, I really didn't want to go into a theological exegesis, but I also want you to realize that at this point, Satan had the rights over earth. We don't know what the other angels had rights over because there's a lot that has not yet been revealed to us. But Satan had rights over earth. I hope you know that. How do we know? Because in Luke, when he met Jesus, he could even say, everything here has been given to me. Worship me and I'll give it to you. He had rights over earth. And it seems as though in that authority, he appeared before God 
and asked concerning Job. Now, God lifted his hand. Satan said, look, you've set a hedge on him. In short, Satan's desire was always to attack him. But there was a hedge. There was a hedge of fire. Not just on him, but even on his possessions. There was a hedge of fire. And the one who's added the fire, it was a hedge. <laughs> In my head, it just feels like it was fire. Okay, so now, God lifted his hand, and in one moment, Job's life changed for the worse. He lost everything. He lost his sons and daughters. Have you ever lost a 70 quarter on the bus? <laughs> what Job lost was far much worse. Have you ever been upset because your phone dropped? I, I, I honestly feel like sometimes when you sit down with some of these people, they might, be, they might marvel. They might marvel at some of the reasons why some people have turned away from the Lord. And I'm talking about, I, I remember when I, when, I, when, I just was, when, I, when I just stayed hearing God and when I just stayed hearing him during that period i remember i'd saved up some money i had a lot of money i had 70 kwacha in my wallet and then as i dropped off a bus it fell i was so angry at god so, you're over here talking to me and you're just watching <laughs> like you're busy talking to me you're revealing salvation to me and you're just watching my 70 kwacha <laughs> fall to the ground. <laughs> and I remember we were having prayers at school the next day. And I said, today I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and I was just alone like this. And God has such a sense of humor. Why I say so is because suddenly I could perceive, I could see it actually, like I could see God trying to talk to the person behind me. So I could see him like tapping their shoulder, like trying to talk to them. And like, yeah, I can see it clearly. <laughs> then I turned, can't you see that the Lord is trying to talk to you? <laughs> but in essence, everyone has those days. It doesn't compare to what Job had, but I think everyone has those days. Eh? I remember at some point, I was, what childish prayer did I pray? I said, God, you know what? I'm only going to stay a Christian because I know this is the way. So I'll just stay in Christ. However, when I come to heaven, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure one of the angels wanted to like, he's talking to him, leave him, he's my son. <laughs> like, have you ever seen a baby shout at the father? <laughs> Anyways, um, Someone came to give some bad news that the young men were dead and the guy was the only one who escaped. But I want us to look at Job's reaction. Verse 20. So Job arose. You can give me the... Okay, it's okay. Job arose and rent his mantle. Someone asked me one time, what's a mantle? When I answered, they looked very disappointed. <laughs> Say that. No, it's a robe, which they used to wear. It's, it's really just clothes. <laughs> so that's why he rent his mantle, his robe. So what about the mantle of Elijah? It was his clothes. No, I'm not denying the symbolic interpretation. I'm just telling you what a mantle is. That's what I was asked. <laughs> and then he shaved his head. Maybe that's why I always question... Anyway, so he shaved his head. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> so, meaning sometimes hairstyles can be a statement, right? Sometimes a hairstyle is a reflection of how you're feeling in that period. Could it be? Or some of you, whatever just happens has happened. <laughs> okay, hands up if you've ever taken it out on your hair. Like, whether a good or a bad feeling, but you've taken it out on your hair. The rest of you. <laughs> okay, interesting. So he shaved his head and fell upon the ground and worshipped. What? 
And then, now, I want you to understand that these guys didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These guys didn't have the book of Job. Job probably never had any book. It's the oldest book in the Bible. So, he couldn't turn to the Psalms for encouragement or go to his podcast channel and play Apostle Frederick what to do in hard times. So, their revelation of God compared to this period of time in the context of knowledge was limited. And yet it seems there is something they had. So he worshipped. Let's go on. What is then he says something. And he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. Either. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So sometimes rather than looking at, okay, so why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? This week I decided to look at this book in a new light. Like, what can I actually learn from him? Now, you can give me the New King James for the sake of some people are struggling with the word rent. The next verse. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now in Job chapter number 2, Satan again asked of Job. And this time, his body was now filled with boils. And his wife wasn't having it. Now before we call her evil or anything, she also just loved Job. So his wife wasn't having it. And so look at verse 8. And he took for himself a potshed with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of ashes. Mm -hmm. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. That's what his wife told him. Next verse. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. <laughs> hey. Hmm. I don't know, there's a lot you can learn from Job. Have you ever noticed later in the scriptures when he was talking about his life, he said, I have a covenant with my eyes. Why should I look upon a maiden? In that period of time, people were marrying all sorts of people. Like what people could um, marry 15, 20, 30, and they had all those possessions. I don't, know, I don't know where his mind was. I don't know what revelation he had. In that period, he could still say he has a covenant with, that, with his eyes. Okay, he says he dictated one. And there's no excuse in this time. <laughs> he said, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, I want you to understand this. Whether we start the theological debate of whether the adversity came from God or the adversity came from Satan, or you go to the debate about whether uh, God would still allow this in this time or not allow it, forgetting all that. The thing is, with his limited revelation of that time, what was very clear here is not necessarily his theology. What was clear was his faith toward God. That was not shaken. There was a faith he had toward God. There was a faith in a certain direction. Yes, he, com he, he praised him, complained to him, all those things. But for him, God was on this pedestal that he could never be removed from. 
and there was no, not even an experience on his own body could remove that. His friends came and there was so much. They really wanted him to curse God and all that stuff. But then there are certain things he said in their conversations. For example, Job 13 verse 15. Look at what he says. Job 13 verse 15. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. Job 19, verse 25 to 26. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he, will, and he shall stand at last on the earth. He started giving us New Testament revelations. Next verse. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. There was something that couldn't be shaken. It was his faith towards God. Ladies and gentlemen, underneath all our exegesis, underneath all our theology, underneath all our doctrinal beliefs and everything, there should lie this rock that nothing can shake away. And that's our faith towards God. It's our faith towards God. And our faith towards God is not dictated by circumstances, but it can dictate circumstances. Praise God. Some time back, I met someone, and they had a challenge. Now, they didn't ask me for help or anything, but they were praying about that challenge. And they were believing God for a 50 kwacha so that they could have something to eat. Then after that 50 kwacha is done, they were going to believe God for a 50 kwacha so they could have something to eat. Now, it's not that they were not willing to work hard. Things were just rough. So after the next 50 quarter was done, they were again going to believe God for a 50 quarter. Now, in that moment, um, 50 quarter was not a big deal to me, to be honest. But I was moved. I was moved. Why was I moved? Because perhaps sometimes when we've got many options, there are certain things we tend to forget. Is it possible to be a millionaire and still believe that it is God who sustains you every day. <laughs> is it possible to walk up the paths of greatness, to walk up the paths of dominion and still have that clinginess, that trust in God that you had when you had nothing. Now, being in a difficult position is never comfortable. And uh, being in a difficult position in itself is not what gives you faith. Some people have come out of difficult positions worse 
That's why they didn't get their books in the Bible. <laughs> but whenever you find yourself in any challenging position, it's an opportunity to strengthen your foundations and your convictions of who you believe God is. That faith toward God. Say this, say that, experience this, experience that, but what God really is to me is this. And no one can talk you out of it. Not even an angel can talk you out of that. And I can tell you when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, you may find that when we rods are being given, that person who was always believing God for their next 50 quarter, let's say the judgment came before they made it in life. There's a high chance that person would get a higher reward in heaven because their faith towards God was so pure. Than another person who's forgotten that he's Jairi. And their first thought is, who can I call? Nothing wrong with the connections. Nothing wrong with the networks. Nothing wrong with the phone calls. But never neglect the true principle of faith towards God. Never neglect that. Like, settle it in your heart who God is to you. And sometimes it's easier by just remembering. By just remembering. Settle it in your heart who God is to you. And those foundations are also important as you walk up the ladder of life. Because at the higher stages, the challenges might be more difficult. No, I'm telling you, rich men have bigger debt, for example. I don't know if you know that. What some of them would do to have the 50 quarter debt that some people have. <laughs> but then... Try to remember some of the moments. Apart from the moments where you are at your highest, those are easier to remember. But also try to remember who God was to you, even in some of the moments where you are at your lowest. For example, today when I was giving these examples, I had forgotten about that 70 quarter example. But know what that has done to me, apart from making me laugh? It has also showed me that, wow, he's been merciful. I was that stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the same period he kept giving me encounters I didn't even want them I'm not even joking I didn't even want them I just wanted to be a cool kid and I wanted to be a rapper and stuff like that and he just, and he just keeps giving me nothing wrong with being a rapper by the way I'm just telling you what I wanted which was different from what he wanted God praise God I want us to think about Abraham, who is called the father of faith, right? And let's look at just two portions of scripture, and we'll look at another one. Now, we know Abraham was initially called Abram, right? And we know that when God spoke to him, that he would be the father of many nations, it took quite some years, about 25 now, I want us just to look at mm. Okay, we'll look at it next week. <laughs> no, it's already 19, and when I start that one, I can't I'm not going to give you half-baked stuff. I want us to look at Abraham. I just want us to look at his journey of faith, because I think we can learn a lot from Abraham. Don't you think so? whose faith is so strong that how many religions call Abraham their father? What was it about his faith? What did he believe about God? Such that he was called the friend of God. And How can I put it? Such faith that even those who are not biological descendants of him call him father. 
then maybe his journey of faith ought to be studied. Ladies and gentlemen, when it's all said and done, before we can go into all the doctrinal aspects of faith, it must be directed towards someone. And in this case, towards God. Let's do an exercise. Quickly, on your phone, on your paper or anything, write down five, because um, one of the ways to worship God is through his attributes, right? So write down five things that God is personally to you. Just any five. Let me also do the same. Five things that God is to you. Just write down any five. I'm coming to check, by the way. Hey, how to choose the five. <laughs> hmm. Hey! 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 <laughs> it's funny, like, there's some, there's some which I've written which I'm seeing all over. I've seen the same one all over here. <laughs> Check your friends. You might be inspired. Okay. Now, very quickly, <laughs> I want you to remember any, like look at them. You'll take time to reflect. But try to remember any one thing that you remember about each of those moments where you experienced that. Just the first memory that comes to your mind, whether it's when you were five years old and you really needed a sweet... <laughs> And for you, as far as you, and you prayed that day and said, oh God, when mommy comes back from town today, may she come back with a sweet. As far as you are concerned, a sweet came. That's why be, be very careful about teaching kids this old tooth fairy stuff. Because the day you tell them it's not real, they might actually start thinking everything else that you made them believe was not real. Yeah, yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh, hey, yeah, I was just thinking about all of them, challenges, I, I'm, st I'm struggling to think beyond this week, <laughs> okay. You know, the first one that I've written, first one that I've written is lift of my head. You know what that means? It means rather than walking in life like this, lift your head up high and just... Okay. Now, those five things you've written in a minute in whatever style you want, whether you want to go sit on top there or whatever. But in, okay, a minute is not really the truth. In three minutes, those same five things you've written, I want you to use them in your worship language. Like use them in, the worship, in your worship language. For example, almost everyone here has written my daddy. <laughs> I don't know why you guys, are, none of them have written my father. All of them is my daddy. If that's the case, you say, thank you for being my daddy. I honor you as this. I honor you as this. In a minute, let's just do that. 
Father in heaven, thank you. For you are the lifter of my head. <laughs> because of your love, I'm not consumed. Moments where it should have gone bad. Moments where... I should have been embarrassed. You lifted my head to be able to stand before you. And you've lifted my head to be able to stand before men with confidence. And you've given me an assignment to lift men's heads. Thank you. Thank you for being my sustainer. You've given me zeal for your kingdom. You have given me zeal for life. You have given me zeal for others. And you're the one who sustains it. You're the one who sustains it. I honor you as my sustainer. I honor you as my sustainer. I honor you as my sustainer. Thank you for being my righteous judge. You are the righteous judge. The righteous judge. However, you did not treat me as my sins deserved, but me to the truth. You are the righteous holy judge. Every interaction I have with you, you always lead me to the truth. You always point me to the truth. Thank you, Lord, for the moments where you've judged my thoughts. Thank you, Lord, for the moment where you've judged my intentions, for the moments where you've judged my motives. You've spared me from pride. You've spared me from bitterness. You've spared me from selfishness. You've spared me from self-centeredness. Thank you for being the righteous judge I can tend to. But thank you, Lord, that your mercies, because of your mercies, I'm not consumed. Father, thank you for being my source. You are my supply of everything. Thank you for you supply me with the oxygen I breathe. Thank you for you supply me with the food that I eat. Thank you for you supply me with the peace I enjoy. Thank you because you supply me with the money that I have. Thank you because you supply me with all sorts of, all manners of providence. You are my shepherd. I shall not want. Even as the psalmist said, I've lived young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging bread. Thank you, for I'll never be forsaken, and my children shall never beg. They'll never beg, because you're my source. Father, thank you for being my daddy. 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 Thank you for being my father. Thank you. 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 Let's pray. How many of you feel like you're not yet done? You can always go write five more things. Or you can always go find five more things to say about those five things. And then you can go before him with words. Father, this is my prayer. For everyone listening, present or online, or who will hear this later on, that their faith may not fail. That their faith may not fail. And Lord, for anyone who's going through a difficult time in their mind, in their heart, their body, their finances, and their way of life, in everything, oh God, I ask, May you do wonders. 
and further solidify the convictions that they have of you. And Lord, also with the wonders that you do, birth new and fresh convictions. Birth fresh convictions in us concerning you. In the name of Jesus. We are those who walk in unwavering faith. We approach giants and we say, you come with stones, but we come in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the victories. I declare in the name of Jesus a season of multiplied victories. A season of multiplied victories. I speak by the Spirit. Multiplied victories. In a short period of time, multiplied victories. God, leave us speechless. Leave us speechless. Leave us speechless. Leave us speechless, oh God, with your wonders. Leave us speechless. In Jesus' name. I pray in the name of Jesus that grace increases. Grace increases for us to communicate this faith we have to others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church.